Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zentner Geology Podcast, Episode 42, Sharing Geology. Thank you for listening. I'd like to talk about sharing geology in a broad sense and also in a specific sense, and I have a couple of stories for you today. So this is a little different than some of the episodes. This is not going to be a uh, episode where we have a lot of new geology content for you. It's more about uh, commenting and discussing, delivering the geology um, uh, in a specific way and in a broad way, I suppose, using the internet. A while back, a couple years ago, I was asked to give a TED Talk, and it was a busy stretch, and I I knew about TED Talks, but I really hadn't watched many of them, to be honest. Uh, and those that I did see, I don't know, kind of felt um, uh, formulaic or kind of had the, kind of had the same pitch each time. And I'm not much of a follower, you know, so I wasn't totally into it. But the gal who invited me was was rather persistent, and that was nice. And so she, I said, well, sure, I'll do one. And she said, you know, then she emailed me all these stipulations on what you can and can't do. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know, man. I kind of do my own thing. So anyway, this committee actually came to Ellensburg from Yakima, a a committee of volunteers, I guess. And uh, we started talking about what I was going to do. And they basically needed to approve my plan. (coughs) Excuse me. And... um, so as we started this meeting and I started kind of presenting some ideas, I was just imagining talking about geology because I, I firmly believe uh, that, uh, you know, you shouldn't really be talking much about how you make the sausage. You just kind of sell the sausage, man. And people want the sausage. They don't want to hear all the backstory, typically. And... So I was talking about sausage. I was talking about, well, I'll talk about Baja BC. I'll talk about ghost volcanoes. And I was basically treating it as an 18-minute lecture on geology, like a condensed version of one of my talks. And at some point, they kind of interrupted me and kind of looked at each other and said, I don't think this guy knows what a TED Talk is. (laughs) I kind of confessed that I didn't really exactly know what they were asking me to do. And they said, well, no, we want something personal, man. We want some kind of, you know, introspective thing about who you are and how you're contributing to society. And it's like, well, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm your guy. Anyway, they they were a good committee and they helped kind of steer me towards what I'm going to share with you today. And if you'd like, you could could find that TED Talk online. it's called Sharing Geology. I came up with the title, kind of a bland title, actually. That probably should have had a sexier title. But anyway, um, it turned out pretty well. I just rewatched it uh, for the first time in a couple years, and I, I, think it, I think it holds its own. Sharing Geology, TED Talk, Nick Zentner, you'll find it. Um, and so I'd like to talk a little bit about what I did in that TED Talk. Um, and and kind of what got me to the point of sharing geology, if you're willing uh, to listen. But I'm in a uh, uh, reflective mood, a pensive state, for a couple of reasons. 
Uh, and I, I won't. Uh, so I had a friend that passed away unexpectedly earlier this month, and his name was Tom Foster. He died at the age of 60, heart attack. And so I'm still trying to process that. Um, and I mention it here because Tom and I had a solid decade of working very closely together. And if that name sounds vaguely familiar to you, it's because he put together this website called hugefloods.com. So if you're looking for homework, and many of us are literally looking for homework uh, because of the current situation worldwide, um, hugefloods.com, if you've not been there, I don't know how much longer it will exist. I'm hoping it stays, but uh, anyway, Tom is gone, and I can't believe it, and um, there's reasons to, to comment uh, in this episode about my work with him for reasons you'll see in a second, but he was a major influence on um, how I share geology, and more than just a stamp on how I do it, but uh, he and I created a bunch of stuff. Um, and we won't be creating any more. So that's very painful to think about. That combined with losing my dad last summer um, at age 86, uh, that's a little easier to take in a weird way. He lived a full life. Um, so that's also part of why I'm, uh, I think I'm going to be doing more podcasts uh, in, the, in the foreseeable future because... Uh, just talked to my mom on the phone yesterday, and she says, I can't believe this, but uh, I don't think I want you to come visit me here in Wisconsin. And uh, <laughs> so the coronavirus and the airports, and she's 87. And so we decided that was a good idea that I don't come and visit, coming from a hotbed area of Seattle. And so we, the the world is full of all that discussion and that news, so I don't think we need to go much further there. But anyway, um, I feel like uh, it's time to try to contribute somehow to uh, all of us being homebound for the foreseeable future. And so I'm actively thinking about how I can... Um, do a few things here from home. I have this microphone conveniently at home. I have um, social media. I might do some live streaming, whatever. I don't know what I'm. I have no idea. I just I just want to stay busy. These these lectures I was ramping up to give uh, in April they've all been postponed. Of course, the auditorium is shut down. So um, you know the demise of the Kula plate. You know that thing you heard the last episode. Uh, that's all ready to go. But I guess we'll put it on mothballs for a while. All right. Well, let's let's get to the uh, the topic at hand, which again is not brand new geology, but it's focusing on delivering geology to an audience, and how my style has developed, especially when dealing with with fellows like Tom Foster. Okay. So um, so this is kind of, uh, just to give you a sense. Then so I'm going to kind of uh, talk about. What comes? Try it again. I'm going to take some of the uh, the the beats or the, the 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 bullet points from the TED talk that come to mind, 
And then I'd like to comment on, on the influence of Tom Foster and, um, and put those together. That's the plan for today. So uh, I started teaching here in Ellensburg in 1992. I uh, was newly married. We had our first baby. We didn't know anybody in town. And I started with a halftime position. And my wife, who's a very talented uh, high school teacher, uh, we left Ohio, and so she suddenly lost her identity because she was a beloved high school science teacher, and now she was home with a baby, and we didn't know anybody. So in the short term, it was a very difficult transition, and, and uh, we started from scratch here in Ellensburg. Didn't know anybody, didn't really have professional identities. I was hanging bulletin boards in the hallway. People were treating me like a... Like a part-time custodian. I kind of was, actually. <laughs> so we started from scratch, and, uh, and eventually I got full-time employment at Central Washington University, uh, and then started leading field trips and starting uh, offering classes. But I knew very little about Washington geology. I didn't even know Washington place names at the time. And so that first decade of my teaching here in Ellensburg was 100% classroom and field trips, field courses. Uh, taught a geology field methods class down in the Owens Valley of California. Every September, we would take 25 central kids who were going to major in geology, and we got that class rolling. Taught a geology of national parks class. Um, I wasn't dealing with anybody else except 19-year-olds who were in our program. Uh, geology 101 lab, redesigned the lab. So basically, I had a, a daily routine of teaching. That's, of course, what I'm paid to do. And um, as I was doing that teaching, I was, uh, most of this is before the internet, by the way. So I'm you know, using slides and a slide projector, and I'm, I'm uh, working with a chalkboard. All the classrooms had chalkboards. And I was, you know, basically an apprentice. I was learning how to kind of de develop a style and a pace and how much personal stuff do I throw in to connect with the students. And um, I think of it as an apprenticeship. I was, I was learning specific things um, and how to be an effective communicator. And I wasn't learning much new geology, I might add. Uh, again, before the internet, uh, it was very difficult to, to keep up with what was being done research-wise. I was a teacher, 100% teacher, in a classroom, basically teaching stuff that I learned in grad school a few years earlier. So there was a lag between what I was teaching and the most current um, evidence, the most current um, scientific research. All right, well, one of the main points of my TED Talk was and is, um, during that first 10 years that I was in Ellensburg, and again, I didn't know many people, I was getting visitors to my office, and they were not students. They were people from the valley, or even a little bit further outside the valley. And I was, first of all, impressed that people took time out of their busy schedule to figure out how to get to college, figure out how to park during the day, walk, which one's the geology building, 
now you know everybody says oh you got you got a question go talk to that guy down the hall so i was kind of the guy to deal with whoever wanted to come in and of course you know a bunch of people said they think they have a meteorite is this a meteorite and is this petrified wood and is this an ellensburg blue agate i think i've commented on that before so i developed a little bit of skill with that but it was the folks who had specific questions about things on their property or things on the ridge above their property. And those were the interesting visits to me. And they say, I, found, I got all these huge boulders on my place. And is it, I've heard that, that a glacier brought those in. Is that true? Or I heard these, these big uh, Missoula floods. Did they come onto my property? Or I heard that uh, there was an earthquake fault coming uh, uh, through the neighbor's place. Uh, I'd like to get confirmation of that. So the point is, there was a lot of interest in geology, oftentimes from people who had time to think out on their tractor, and they're looking at all this stuff. And instead of just developing their own thoughts and theories uh, and ideas, um, or in addition to that, I guess, they wanted to come in and talk to a uh, quote-unquote expert. And I was not an expert at the time. So the main point early on in the TED Talk was uh, I was developing confidence that I was doing some good things here in Ellensburg, but the one part of my job that I was sure that I was a failure at, and I know that I was a failure. I'm not just saying that. Those visits to my office were often very frustrating for me because I didn't have the information that they needed and before the internet I didn't have a way to get good information and so nine times out of ten that farmer or whoever that would come to the office spend time with me uh, they would leave without the information they came came for and I remember feeling rotten almost every time somebody would visit and I yeah you know, it, it stuck with me it's like I'm not serving these people, uh, and, and I, I like, I've always liked the idea of a university, it's an old-fashioned idea, a university serving the taxpayers. This is back when the taxpayers paid for most of the uh, tuition um, of students. That's changed, but whatever. Uh, that idea of serving the public uh, has always been attractive to me, and I never felt like universities came through, for the most part, with that offer. So I was not doing that part of my job very well. It wasn't even technically written in my job description, to be honest. That's how detached universities can be. There was no real acknowledgment of public interest. But uh, from that kind of grassroots, uh, regular visiting of uh, folks, young and old, not just retired folks, I realized there was an audience there. People wanted information, but they were not getting it. And I suppose in, in worst-case scenarios, people would leave go, well, that kid didn't know what the hell is going on. All right, well, then we get into the mid to late 90s, and the Internet starts to become a thing. And this is tremendously exciting for me. Uh, I can get rid of the slide projector. I can get rid of the file cabinets with all the paper, uh, scientific papers that I had in these uh, uh, I'd get those papers where I'd literally make copies from using a Xerox machine up in the third floor of the university library. And, you know, I'm slow to change, but I was as quick as I could with this developing thing called email 
and websites, and I can now communicate with people doing the research. I can get scientific papers in digital form. I can be, finally, I can be more current. And it doesn't take that much effort. I, you know, we've got three young kids at the time. I can't really go and visit all these um, conferences and field trips where professionally the researchers were doing that. So the Internet for me was a great thing, continues to be a great thing. And I was able to do that part of my job, uh, kind of committing to the public a little bit more effectively, especially as more and more, we'll just call them farmers, as more and more farmers got email and they would then email me some information, throw a couple photos in, I would go back and forth, and I felt like I was, I was doing that part of my job more efficiently and completely. And then the university decided to start a television channel, a cable television channel, Excuse me. And um, I said, well, here's another way that I can um, serve the public. I mean, that was a that was a local television channel that only people in central actually <laughs> only people in our valley were watching. Uh, but I remember the university said, you know, we, we've got you know a couple staff people and we'd like to get some programming going. And um, I jumped on that and started this program called Central Rocks. I think I, I shared a couple episodes with you uh, on this podcast series earlier. So I started that, and then a local guy in our valley who uh, ran the local plant at Twin City Foods uh, was named Tom Foster. And because he saw that television channel called Central Rocks, um, he knew who I was. And then I gave a little... I think, a public talk at the local Audubon Society talking about the geology of the valley. And Tom Foster came and came up afterwards and asked a couple questions and then emailed me the next day. This is 2006. And he said, I'm the guy that works at Twin City Foods, and I've had a local interest, a lot of interest in local geology, and I take photographs. Uh, it's just been a hobby of mine. And my dad was a, a photography professor here at Central named John Foster. So long story short, Tom and I started to become quite connected. He had this amazing ability with a camera. He had this uh, very full life working, incredible hours at Twin City Foods, vegetables and frozen foods, basically. It's a packaging plant. And there was a local plant in Ellensburg. There still is. And uh, with all of Tom's spare time, it seemed like, uh, he was working with me. So there's emails daily with Tom. And the reason that Tom was a major influence on what I do is he came from a completely different world. He came from a world where you work very hard, you're not uh, impressed by credentials, by college degrees, by societies, by awards. He's like, deliver the information. Deliver the sausage. We want the sausage. We want the information. We don't want all the other stuff. We don't want the long-winded introductions. We don't want you talking about yourself, even though that's what I'm doing in this episode. He said, get to the facts. Get to the information. And if I want to be even more bold with you right now, uh, Tom was... Uh, 
worked very hard and was very um, impatient with people who weren't working as hard as he was. So he really did not like all these government workers who did not appear to be working very hard. And so he would be constantly lumping me in with, you know, all you state guys is the way he would say it. So there was a friction, kind of a kind of a, um, a motivating energy where I was kind of learning how to deliver things to a wide audience, um, especially an audience here in eastern Washington where there was almost an anti, or there was an anti, you know, university uh, vibe. And yet, if I could deliver the information in a particular way, um, it would work for everyone. It, we, we would kind of somehow bust through that, that uh, fence that existed in many people's minds. So uh, Tom and I did more and more together. Well, what does that mean? Well, he started a website uh, fueling, uh, fueled by this interest and this kind of developing collaboration that we had. And along with a guy named Carl Lilquist, who I teach with in geography here, the three of us, Tom, Carl, and myself, started a local chapter of the Ice Age Floods Institute. We started offering field trips. This is all spurred by Tom's interest. And then as Tom and I continued to work, especially on the Ice Age Floods, uh, we started making uh, video programs specifically for his website. We had a little bit of funding from a very generous couple in central Washington, and they liked what we were doing. And so the downtown lectures that I began and the two-minute geology videos that you may have seen and some of these other videos that were created for hugefloods.com, that was from a very exciting and stimulating relationship with Tom and I. I was spending a lot of time with Tom almost every weekend, especially when it was not the packing season for him. Uh, we were out there uh, driving around, talking about ideas, making programs, etc. So the Huge Floods uh, YouTube channel is a place to go to see all those things. You can go to my website, nicksentner.com, and you can see a couple segments of the programs excuse me, a couple segments of my website having the hugefloods.com programs. And you can kind of see how we evolved as we continued to work together. It was exciting, and it was some, I was working closely then with someone who had no affiliation with the university. So at some point, I kind of started uh, feeling more connected to the outside world than I felt connected to the university because of this rich relationship I had with Tom. Okay, well, back to finish up the kind of TED Talk uh, uh, segment, uh, I was then in talking about the critical role of the Internet as uh, helping me share this geology with a broad audience. And as I started to expand my reach, in other words, getting emails from people outside of central Washington. Up to that point, I was looking into a camera and imagining I was talking to people in Moses Lake over to Snoqualmie Pass Crest, and that was about it. Well, now I'm hearing from people across the West, and then I'm hearing from people across North America, and then I'm starting to get emails from people uh, on other continents who will never come to the Pacific Northwest, and yet they feel a connection, they feel an excitement, they, 
and, and, and never dreamt that would, that would be the case. So the Internet allowed that kind of incredible um, dispersion of information, which continues to this day. So uh, the downtown lectures with a chalkboard and a one-hour-long program, surprisingly, is the most popular of my efforts. Um, this podcast is growing, by the way, and that's a whole different thing. But as far as the video stuff, uh, the short stuff I was making with Tom was always was always a kind of thought that it has to be fast-paced, it has to be short and to the point, uh, because people are just not going to sit there for more than a few minutes and watch. Uh, and I think for some people that is true, that it needs to be fast-paced, needs to be full of detail and full of information, otherwise they're going to click off and, and move to something else. But again, uh, separate from Tom, these downtown lectures that I have put more and more energy and time into appears to be working uh, because of my practice uh, with all of this apprenticeship, uh, I kind of have a certain style that seems to work. I'm confident in what I do because of all the practice that I've had. And then again, if it's brand new information, information that people haven't heard before, then uh, that brings people in as well. And they feel like they're in on the ground floor with some developing ideas. So hopefully the, later this spring, uh, when all this virus thing settles down a little bit, hopefully that spring, I, none of us seem to know what kind of timeline we're talking about. Um, I'm kind of half in denial, as most of us are at the moment. Um, we can get to uh, the, 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 the latest of the, of the four geology lectures. Um, I think I want to finish this episode uh, with a couple final thoughts about Tom. Um, um, no, um, <laughs> now let's finish this way. Um, the, the TED talk that I gave talking about sharing geology, uh, really kind of built towards, uh, the last few minutes and I'll try to re, re reconstruct that here. I feel like the programs that I'm making now, since I'm no longer working with Tom, and I'm working specifically with this downtown format and these lectures, I've developed to the point now where I feel like my main contribution is taking all this detailed research, and the best way I can describe it is with an analogy that I used in the TED Talk. Most of us in science, at least in geology, the world that I know, were trained to be very specific and to have a um, deep knowledge in a very narrow portion of the geosciences. And so the analogy that I had was, I'm walking across a broad, open, grassy field. It's a beautiful day. It's an April afternoon. And I'm walking across that broad, grassy field, and I notice that there's a hole. And I stop, and I look down this very deep hole. Beautiful, sunny day. Butterflies and everything. And I look down the hole, and there's actually somebody at the bottom of that deep hole. I can hear them down there, working. So I stop, and I crouch, and I look down. And I say, hey, is anybody down there? 
And the person way at the bottom says, yeah, I'm, I'm down here working away. Hey, I'm a geologist down here in the bottom of this hole. I've been working for 25 years in the bottom of this hole. And I have an incredible amount of information. Come on down. I'll, share, I'll, I'll, I'll give you all the details of this 25 years of very rich geologic information that I've gathered in my very narrow discipline in this tiny little area. And I say, well, pretty nice up here. I don't think I'm coming down, uh, sir or madam. I'm, I, I don't mean to insult you, but uh, I actually see now that there are dozens of other holes here in this field. And I'm pretty sure there's a geologist at the bottom of every one of those dozens of holes as well. And each of those holes has a geologist with 25 years of very narrow, deep knowledge. I know that you know your stuff, but I don't think I want to come down in your hole with you. Instead, would you mind just shouting up a few of your most exciting discoveries and maybe throw up a couple of diagrams or maps or figures or something as well? Because I think what I want to do here is connect some of your exciting work with the next hole. And the next hole, and the next hole. I want to work horizontally, in other words. I don't feel like people are working horizontally enough. It feels like everybody's working vertically, and they don't have much knowledge or interest in the next hole. And that's the missing piece to me, without getting preachy about it. I feel like there's interest. People want to recognize the importance of the science work, but with just knowledge within one deep hole, it's not very easy to see the value to society or even value within a field of expertise. But we're not trained to be these horizontal connectors. And to be honest, if you're in a deep hole, you don't exactly respect. You don't really value and respect the person who are doing the horizontal work. Because obviously they don't have the depth that I have. I'm down in the hole. I mean, anybody talking about the stuff in my deep hole is going to not do me a great service because they're not going to be as complete as I would be. Well, that's true, but you're kind of missing the point, bro. It's the connection between holes. So right now, I'm working on that demise of the Kula plate. Do you remember the last podcast episode? I'm still not even sure what I'm going to call the lecture. I might call it the chalice magmas of the Pacific Northwest. And it's a good example of the most recent exercise where I'm emailing guys and gals in Montana, in Idaho, in Oregon, in Washington, in British Columbia. And I'm trying to get a sense of how these chalice magmas, called the Kamloops magmas up in B.C., by the way, basically magmas between 60 and 40 million years ago, how widespread is this? And there's been some general coverage of that, but most of the scientific work is deep detail, chemistry otherwise, with the magmas in those particular areas. And I'm not saying I'm a hero. I'm not saying I'm doing something more important than anybody else, but I'm doing something different than everybody else, that's for sure. And I have been energized and excited to share this regional story about these chalice magmas based on my approach of trying to connect between the holes as opposed to jumping into one hole 
with one person. That seems to work with the general audience, and I think it has value. Now, my dad would not be happy with me patting myself on the back like this. You know, you're not supposed to talk about how wonderful you are. You're just supposed to go out and do things. People can decide if you're doing something well. So I'm thinking about my dad a lot, and I'm certainly thinking about Tom Foster a lot um, this month and beyond. And um, I think I might dig into that huge floods library of videos that we have. I think I have copies of those things somewhere. And maybe we'll share some of those specific things. Uh, They hold up pretty well, and it was an exciting collaboration. So... Tom Foster, we're going to miss you. I can't believe we don't have a future together. And uh, we'll try to stumble ahead uh, the best way that I can and maybe the best way you can too on your end. I hope things things are going well in your world. And uh, we'll try to move forward together the best that we can. Thank you, listener, for listening to this episode called Sharing Geology. It pairs nicely with the TED Talk online called Sharing Geology. And again, it'd be wonderful if you could visit hugefloods.com, if nothing else, just to pay respects to Tom Foster. I love you. Goodbye.